Over the long snout of the Bentley, Bond saw the silver Renault streaking back towards them, moving up the slow lane in the wrong direction, causing two other cars and a lorry to career across the wide autobahn to avoid collision. He had no time to go into the whys and wherefores of how he had missed finding Nanny's gun. The tires, she said coolly. Go for the tires. You go for the tires, Bond snapped, angry at being given instructions by this woman. He had his own method of stopping the car, which was now almost on top of them. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the James Bond Complex, the podcast where we discuss, rejoice, and analyze in the James Bond phenomena, in all the shapes and forms, from Fleming to the films, and everything in between. Oh, I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm Edgar. And I'm uh, another one of uh, the, the co-hosts, and my name is Matt. You are another one of the co-hosts. That is true. That is fact. That is my uh, title, co-host. Exactly. Co-founder, uh, I, co-brain. I'm, I'm not honorary uh, co-founder like a certain uh, George Lazenby. I'm just founder. And well, co-host. I mean, in our conversations, I mean, we did that to be nice. I mean, you'd rather be a, like a, a real active participant in a project than just like a ceremonial co-founder like it sounds nice and you know whenever he wants to come on the show you know we have a spot for him that's fine you know we're nice uh but otherwise you know it's really it's it's really us you know you know and and of course jason to to a degree so you know it's it's george's sort of george is like our marketing you know oh guess who our ceremonial president is it's george lazenby you know oh really yeah, 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 yeah. We shook his hand once and said he was a great bond. <laughs> we shook on it. Yeah, pretty kind of. Yeah, we did. Um, so we're, we're no the. I don't know in, in all this COVID thing if if the kids are whether well, they're not in school are they taking classes online but whether it's in, in whether it's uh, online classes or no classes at all you and I decided to hit the books again. Yep. Um, in fact, we're hitting the books for a second month in a row. It feels like it's been a while since we've done back-to-back months with books. It's been a while. It's been a while. Mm. It's been a while. while. <laughs> and, of course, we are continuing our mission, our, our long, extended, prolonged, detail-oriented mission through the John Gardner books. We're at book number five this week, Ooh. Ooh. Uh, titled Nobody Lives Forever. Uh, and fortunately, I have a confession to make. I skipped my online class. I played hooky, so I didn't read the book. Not again. Not again. I know. Yeah. I get it. You need you need a summary of the, what happens in that book, right? Would you mind? I got a little itch down there. Would you mind? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Uh, maybe not. Uh, I, I'll admit I kind of cheated because I, I I have uh, the uh, I think the 2011 edition. And they have. I love the uh, the summary, uh, the description of the plot uh, from the book. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna steal it and I'm just expand on it because I I think it it makes the the book look that much cooler. They really sell the book with the description. Nice. Plot. And I expand on and gave all the spoilers, uh, but here goes nothing. Nobody lives forever. Bond was supposed to be on leave, but. Dying from injuries suffered at Bond's end, Spectre leader Tamil Rahani 
is determined to make it a holiday to die for. <laughs> With a price on his head, Bond must evade the world's greatest assassins in a ruthless game of cat and mouse across Europe while trying to save the lives of the two women who mattered the most to him, his housekeeper May and Miss Moneypenny. But Bond has been a target before, and when it comes to staying alive, nobody does it better than 007. Accompanied by a pair of beautiful women, Suki Tempesta, a rich heiress, I think, and her bodyguard friend, no, her, her bodyguard <laughs> slash friend, Nanny Norwich, who followed... Fo- <laughs> That's a great plot synopsis. <laughs> Follow Bond as he thwarts attempts on his life from traitors, gangsters, corrupt cops, and mutant bats. Yeah, mu- yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we have mutant bats. Uh, eventually, 007 managed to come face to face with Rahani, but betrayed by Nanny, Bond almost loses his head. But the resourceful Suki managed to warn the local authorities of Spectre's presence. In the assault, Rahani is killed, Nanny loses her arms, and me and Money Penny are saved. The end. Oh, and uh, Bond bangs uh, Suki uh, because uh, it's the end again. Well, he does also bang his nanny. Yeah, he does also bang his nanny. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our, our, our fifth, right? Yes, it's number five in this series of like 27. <laughs> I'll ask some something from you. Can we take a break after that? Because I was actually watching Calvin Dyson, and he took a break after... He plans to take a break after Icebreaker. He was not so big on Icebreaker as you and I were. Okay, let me... Let, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question, but I do want to talk about Calvin for a moment, okay? Bless his heart. A great, great guy. He's a great content creator. We haven't had the opportunity to speak with him in, in person, but... Uh, through, uh, through six degrees of separation, you know, I guess we know him a little bit. And um, to answer your question, of course, we can take a break. Uh, secondly, as Tobias Fionki from Arrested Development would say, I got two issues with Calvin. <laughs> one of my issues is his review of Icebreaker. Uh, the other one of my issues is his review of uh, – what's that piece of shit we reviewed with Emery uh, for special services? <laughs> Those are my two issues with Calvin. He did not like Icebreaker at all, or or not much, anyways. And he and he had just the best time with special service. Perfectly unsubscribe. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But uh, look, to each their own. That's what kind of makes these conversations fun when you find. People that have such vastly different opinions because Icebreaker um, up until now was was both our favorite John Garner by a considerable margin. He didn't like it very much for special services. Conversely, is by a considerable margin our least favorite Garner. And he just like ate it up like ice cream. Like, what do you want? Maybe the ice cream brainwashed him. I don't know. (laughs) He loved it. Uh, So, no, it is it is fun when. um, when you when you stumble on those uh, different opinions, it's always entertain, entertaining and and engaging. Uh, but nobody lives forever. Forever, uh, I guess. Right? J- j- yes, that's what it's called. Ever. Now, 
I'll, 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 we'll get into my opinions in a moment, but I, I'm actually more curious to start with you, although I can maybe guess where, you're, where we're going with this based on your question, your, your request uh, from, for my permission uh, not to die, but rather to, uh, to take a break after this. I can, I can sense where we're going with this. I, look, Gardner has these great – and this is honestly the premise that I just read – like the first half with the assassins in Europe sounds pretty badass. It's the execution, uh, and it, it, the execution it, it, it just needs a little polish. And there's character that ca- characters that need to be co- condensed from two to one. Why does this thing have two bongers where <laughs> you barely know anything out of those girls? They don't really have a personality. They're Honestly, sometimes I like I, I'm listening to the audiobook. I'm like, who's saying that? Which one? Which one is double crossing now? Okay, but, but on the other side, there's some like there's some pretty intense situation moments. That the final front confrontation, there's a moment where uh, one character uh, loses appendages uh, with the guillotine, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that'd be badass in a movie. That would be <laughs> so cool in a movie. Uh, and, and the premise of it, there's something medieval that they want to, they, they want Bond's head basically. And there, there's something yeah. messed up about that that I enjoyed. It's that's a very Fleming idea that, uh, and you know you, you got double crosses, but where it, it, it's you know, he loves his double crosses, John Gardner. He loves them. He loves them, and there, but like I said, it, it's and also. It, you can feel the infiltration of uh, movie Bond in book Bond. This is honestly, this is a Roger Moore adventure. This is the Roger Moore. More, it's to me. If if you read that book after reading uh, for for your eyes, uh, watching for your eyes only, it feels like they're in the same tone. A little bit more violent than for you for your eyes only, but the uh, sort of. Uh, you know, Miss Money Penny is now a, like a character in that book. Suddenly, she's a she she's a friends of Bond's, and she she's visiting his uh, housekeeper and uh, the, the housekeeper yeah, who has a collapsed lung, and you know Bond is taking care of. It's an employee. I'm sorry. Uh, you know. Well, Bond Bond doesn't doesn't trust very many people in in his life. I would I would I would think one of the few. Uh, whom he does trust would be May, his his Scottish uh, yeah. care caretaker, and and May has been there since the start. She's there in the Fleming novels, um, a little bit, a little not not every one of them, but but she, she's there in the books a little bit. So so it is it is a character if you want to. How three dimensional is she? I, I don't know. She seems just to be like a, a you know she, May seems to be that. Uh, Cranky, but when push comes to shove, still kind of sweet, like caretaker. Where it's like, no, I know what's best for your son, and you know, here are your eggs and drink your coffee, and on, on with, on with your job, I lad. Wish they, and, you know, in Skyfall, I wish they, they introduced that character instead of uh, creating Kincaid. Uh, that would have made so much sense, but no. No, no. Well, yeah, I guess so. Although, I mean, May is is takes care of Bond in his in his London flat. His Chelsea flat. I think he lives in Chelsea, um, whereas Skyfall is sort of off in the I Scottish Highlands. So, but uh, but she is Scottish, so I guess that would have made sense. So, 
Um, as for myself, <laughs> the, this episode will be full of surprises. I, I actually I, I had a really good time with this one, uh, and I was relieved to have a really good time because it's it's book number five. Uh, we you know we really didn't like one. There was one we re- we liked a lot, and there were two that were sort of like, well, you know, these things are good, but those things are bad. Like I was, had had I had I been left with the same impression with the fifth book, like five books in, and there's really only one that I care for. Oof, like I'd be a little bit um, de- <laughs> depressed at the prospect of talking about another another five another six i think we have after this if not maybe another seven um he, he wrote a lot man he wrote a lot of these bad boys we have another 10 thank you or, or i think if you include the novelization i think we have i think he wrote more than fleming we have a oh, bunch God. man we have a bunch wow. we can but, take our times with those uh to be but, perf- uh, go ahead yes but i liked it i much like <laughs> Much like Supi Tempesta, uh, the Principessa uh, goes along for the ride <laughs> with Bond. It's like, oh, it sounds like an adventure. Okay. There was something about the tone of this one that had me go, you know what? I think this time I'm going to go along for the ride. I think I'm just going to let it uh, not wash over me. That's not the expression, but I'm going to – I'll drink the Kool-Aid. I'll, I'll, I'll eat the ice cream. Brainwash me. Play with, play with me. You, you ate the ice cream. The ice cream. I did eat the ice cream. I drank the Kool Aid. Uh, I think it was. Well, first of all, this is one of the shorter ones. This one's under two hundred pages. It's yes. very brief. Uh, and I think the more, I feel that the briefer Gardner is, the more economical he is in his storytelling. And Fleming was rather economical when you think about it. Now, the, the Fleming didn't write a 350-page novel. His longest is Majesties, and it's like almost three, but not three. Um, and here is my, my edition, anyways, is 184 pages. That's that's like that is in and out. That is that is Doctor No first movie. You know, not even two hours. Like that is like that's quantum of solace. Like bang, bang, we're done. And and I think the more brief Gardner is, it forces him to become economical. And I think that that's when his writing and his pacing shows. Actually, the other reason why I liked it is is I think, and I feel like, I feel when we talked about role of honor, which we were lukewarm on at best, at the best of times. I feel in that recording, you might – I don't know if you've, you've edited that one or not, but I feel like in that recording, I said something like – well, I feel like when Garner's trying to think outside the box, he's a better writer for Bond. And when he's trying to do just good old-fashioned traditional Bond, well, he's just trying to copy Fleming, but he's not Fleming, so it doesn't read as well. Well, there's no mission in this one. The mission is survive, survive the headhunt. It's different. Again, he's thinking outside the box. I think when Garner doesn't do classic Bond, but still uses the Bond character, I think his books are good. I think this is a fun one. I liked it a lot. At this time, it's personal. Uh, you know, I, 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 I sound negative, and to a degree, I am, because like I said, there are issues with the Bond girls. I think he 
he's horrible when it comes to writing women in his Bond stories. I don't think he's uh, created a, a, anything that's particularly interesting as a character so far. Uh, I, I, to, to, honestly, I can't remember any of them. Okay. Even Roll of Honor, there's uh, the uh, girl that strips to distract the villains, and there is the one that uh, had plastic... Sin, sin, sinful Cindy. Sinful Cindy. I remember her. Just, and the one that he was going to marry at the end. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have these imbecilic names that are sort of... a. It's it's a cliche. It, Fleming had stupid names for his characters, but it, I don't know. They, they 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 were more, you know, Tiffany Case. It doesn't sound that that as as, as stupid as uh, Suki. No, Suki Nanny Nanny. She's called Nanny, and she's Bond's Nanny for 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 yeah. throughout the book. It's it's not very clever. I think her real name is Nanette Nanette yeah. Norwich. But she goes by Nanny. Everybody calls her Nanny because she is the nanny of – what's it called? Nub? Nor, uh, Norwich, Norwich Universal, Universal Bodyguards. And no. also I got – oh, when I, I – I, I don't know why I got a real uh, Charlie's Angels feel for that. When, when those two girls were together, I'm like, is this Charlie's Angels? Are, are we going <laughs> to get a third one somewhere and it's going to be like uh, – I got to pose with Bond. It's going to be Bond and his angels. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have minded. There was something about Suki Tempesta is not very well developed, and and I and I was I'll see your point about uh, Garner not being particularly good with writing his leading ladies. Um, funnily enough, one of the only times he was really that good with his leading ladies was probably the f- first book, because even oh. in Icebreaker. Well, the 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 um, the heiress of the whole estate, and she's sort of caught in the middle of it all. And uh, anyways, I don't remember what her name is, <laughs> but certainly she's the last memorable. Yeah, I know. But certainly the last few, <laughs> the last few books, I find they're all, yeah, they are kind of interchangeable, uh, insofar as they give a little smile, they give a little wink, and they're sort of a little bit playful. And they want to go for a long. Well, they want to go along for the ride and help James Bond. They all sort of do that. Um, I think making Bond's nanny uh, the the founding officer of of this bodyguard uh, organization that's run organize a company. It's a company um, that's run worldwide. Worldwide uh, gave it a little bit of a different spin on it. It sort of explained why she was so good at being covert. And explained why she was much more capable than maybe what we thought was going to happen when they pick her up, because uh, they he goes to a hotel in the south of or on along the um, Italian Swiss border, I think it is a little town, and then he meets up with Suki for the second time, and Suki says, "Oh, well, drive me to Rome, but can you pick up one of my friends?" And then. The first scene where Nanny shows up when they pick up Nanny feels like, oh, God, are we going to have two of these characters? But when it's revealed that Nanny is actually this bodyguard, at least that helps explain a few things. Um, It was a little bit different. So I kind of liked Nanny. Um, Yeah, no, I I, I liked Nanny more than Suki, that's for sure. Suki really is just like, oh, this sounds like an adventure. Sure. Like, what? 
I have assassins on my ass. There are people trying to kill me. What do you mean this sounds like an adventure? Okay. Um, yeah, I was not really a big fan of that character. From the moment she came, she, she's introduced. And she's introduced in the first... Hey, well, let's, let's do the, this thing by order. Yeah. The first ch- chapter, Bond uh, co- goes to uh, a gas station and saves her. Apparently she's being kidnapped. Or attacked or something. Yeah, she's being attacked by two uh, by two uh, hoods, and happenstance has it that Bond shows up just in the nick of time. Oh, another thing I liked about this book, and I'm sure it's something we'll never see again, uh, is the uh, the baton, the extended extendable baton. They didn't have that in the other books. So no, he has he has his gun, which I don't remember what brand it is now, but he has his gun, and now he has this baton. So he, he's a, he's double uh, he's wielding double weapons. That's kind of cool. That was kind of cool, but yes, that is how they meet. Yes, Mr. Kiss Kiss, boom boom boom. Oh, it's bam bam. <laughs> yeah, bang bam. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was not. Yeah. I like how Garner drops the hints in the background about what's going on because remember in the first chapter, Bond took or he's explaining that he needed to take a ferry uh, from one piece of land to another to, to drive off obviously in in Italy and uh, there were two people died on the ferry trip and if you're a little bit innocuous it seems a little bit uh, anodin as we would say in French like that's sort of a pointless superfluous bit of information but we find out later that the people that perished on the ferry, we're two assassins hunting down Bond. So Garner is dropping those little hints in the background about what's going on. You, you think he's being superfluous, but he's actually uh, spreading. He's laying the groundwork for, for the bigger play by Tamir Rahani here. But um, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Either, but yes, he, he saves her at the gas station. And after that, um, basically, she decides to tag along. After he gets the news from uh, Steve Quinn, uh, I, I, where is he? I think he's from Rome, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's their man in Rome, and so so Bond has has stopped off at this little uh, hotel in a, in a quaint uh, Italian. I think they're, I believe, I think they're not too far from the Alps. I don't remember what the name of the town is, and of course Su- Suki just happens to be there too. Uh, which is maybe something I'm not a big fan of Garner's. He loves his his coincidences, and and uh, all right, Bond notices uh, a hitman from the United States, the Poison Dart uh, or the Poison Dwarf. I, I can't have, remember. I have his name there. It's Cordova. Uh, po- uh, uh, Paul the Poisoned Rat, the Poison Rat Cordova. Yeah. Oh my my! Wow, your edition says the Poison Rat. Interesting. Mine says the Poison Dwarf. Um, uh, Anyways, I might have missed. Yeah, you're right. This poison dwarf. I don't know why. Poison rat sounds better. Yeah, it does actually. (laughs) Yeah. So Bond doesn't last long. He doesn't last long at all. No. People are dropping like flies, uh, and that's when uh, I keep calling him Anthony Quinn, but that's not right. Uh, Stephen Quinn shows up, and, and apparently they know each other. They have a bit of a history. They've worked together before. Mm-hmm. And that's when Quinn relates the idea that look, we got we we've received word that pretty much every single bad guy on the face of the planet is trying to kill you right now, and uh, 
your old friend Spectre, uh, who is, they're not done. They're not done yet. They're not done after this book. Yes. Yes. I'm not a fan of Spectre. I know you're not a fan of Spectre, but I do like the fact that they're putting in the uh, they're putting into full effect the R of Spectre, which oh, is revenge. You know, it is their namesake in part. No, I, I'm not a fan of them, but that that premise of the injured uh, villain that wants revenge is interesting. That's very that's a very clever idea uh, that they picked up on. Uh, from the, the remnants of Roll of Honor, as I was not, where I think we're both lukewarm, but of the the idea that this guy wants revenge because he he was a dumb f that opened bad that that didn't know how to make a parachute jump and broke his back because of that, and now has cancer. Uh, one year later, he got cancer from a broken back, if I understood correctly. I yes. don't know how that works, but. Yes, I'm sure John Garner did his research. So, sure, sure, um, I'm sure he did, especially for his car. Mm. Well, I, which is weird because the uh, Tamil Rahani was was a colonel in the previous book, uh, or or he self ordained himself as colonel. I don't know, but he was a military man. He was a very hands on leader of Spectre in the in the previous installment. Now, it's not because you're in the army that you automatically know how to open a parachute, but that is a little bit weird that he wouldn't know how to do that at all. For for, for uh, a character that was portrayed as being quite cunning and intelligent, it feels like a bit of a an odd way for him to, for the final chapter of his life, since nobody lives forever, uh, to uh, the, that. It's an odd way for the first final, for the final chapter of his life to begin. Like, oh, he didn't open his parachute correctly, <laughs> so he broke his back. Okay. Oops. Um, whoopsie. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Whoopsie. And yeah, big whoopsie. He didn't know how to open his pressure. So basically, he's on his dying breath. He only has a couple months. Yeah, a couple months to live, and he has he has promised uh, a handsome bounty uh, for anyone that can bring him James Bond's head. Quite literally, he wants to decapitate. James Bond, and we and we will find out later in the book that that's not a joke. He, he really wants to decapitate him, like classic style, yeah, vintage. vintage. <laughs> <laughs> Dug out the uh, guillotine, dust it off, shine it, sharpen it. So yeah, so we have sort of a, a, a confluence of of many characters, some of which don't last very long. But we have Bond, we have Quinn, we have uh, Nanny. We have his nanny and we have uh, Suki, which is a bit of a – for some reason, before Garner let Suki explain who she is, she's a Harris. She, she uh, I, 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 I'm always on the cusp of saying hairless. She's hairless. <laughs> Whatever, man. One's a red I, I, and other, the other is yeah. black hair. That's one yeah. thing I wrote down because that's – as uh, honestly, that's all <laughs> the depth you get from these characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness grief and and uh but of course this poison the poison dwarf doesn't last very long he was one of the assassins so bond is is noticing that people are dropping like flies around them but the people that are dropping like flies are the people that are are contestants 
in this head hunt. So Quinn says, look, I got some guys. They'll watch your back. They'll be, they won't be far behind you. They'll be in their cars. Uh, just be careful when you take this, uh, when you take this bitch to Rome. And, uh, and. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, then we meet Nanny. So we got two, we, we have two fine ladies in the car right now. <laughs> One of which is along for the ride. And the other witch, Nanny, is really getting on Bond's nerves for some reason. Well, probably because he's, he doesn't need these two women with him in this car. Nobody does. Nobody does. Like, that story could be told without those two characters. They're so superfluous. They add nothing to the... Uh, they needed to be integrated to the pl- in the plot better. It, mm. Honestly, my, my most negative... Uh, feeling from for this book are those two characters because the rest is actually pretty darn solid yeah the plot is solid the action sequence the the uh, the competitive competitors we talked about steve queen uh we talk about the poison dwarf the poison dwarf does nothing never even speaks to bonnie gets his throat slit you get um what's his name uh the hacken the hacken heinrich or the hacken austin uh and he's he's sort of described as very very long arms with tiny little hands and mm. sort of creepy looking. And he, I I think I understood that he's a former Nazi. Am I, did I understood that correctly? Oh, no, I didn't get that. Socialist. Oh, I missed that part. Like he, he's a former national socialist, so he's a I think he's a former Nazi. I might, might be mistaken. So. Okay. Uh, but he, no, he's he's a creepy dude. He's because um, after after he picks up, they pick up uh, Nanny. There's an attempt on their life. There's a car that tries and uh, kill them. They get there's a gunfight, and that's where you find out that yeah. Nanny is actually a bodyguard. Because at first, uh, oh no, she's a friend, but no, she's a bodyguard. And uh, well, they get arrested uh, by the local police. I think they're in Germany by that time. Uh, they are in. Aren't they in Austria? Salzburg is in Austria, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> my, I mean, my geography is horrible when it comes to, to Europe. To me, it's it's France, England, and the rest of Europe. So uh, France, England, and the rest of Europe. Yeah, that, that's a little bit vague. Hold on, just a second here. We can cut this part out. I'm pretty yeah. sure Salzburg is in. Yeah, the, no, the Salzburg is in Austria. Okay, so the, so because that's Austria. where. Uh, that that's where May is. Uh, that's where her that's clinic true. is. It's just outside of Salzburg, and uh, I, I like the shoot it on the on the auto uh, what the the autobahn they call it the their version of the of the highway is the autobahn, and there's this shootout there which is cool. I like the moment where uh, and and this is where I was really starting to get into the book. I'll be honest with you is when so the car there's a car that was on their tail. They stop. Bond takes out his gun. Nanny has a gun all of a sudden, and the car heads back, does a U-turn and heads back, and Nanny gets out, and she's like, shoot the wheels, and Bond is like, you shoot the wheels, and I think the next sentence was like, Bond was annoyed at taking orders from this woman. <laughs> like I said, the action sequences are actually kind of fun and exciting. Uh, it's just, he's too, like, I'm going to stop hammering down you know my feelings the, the listeners know my feelings but the action sequences 
pretty darn solid for what it is. It's like a shootout. Like, yeah. It's action movie dialogue-ish, but, you know, that's what you want from a thriller, basically. This this is, this is a thriller for, for, uh, for me. That's what it's designed to be. And I think another thing that kind of made this book interesting was that the knowledge that there were several contestants in this headhunt working for Spectre or hired temporarily for Spectre, by Spectre, uh, is that the instant that Bond got out of one uh, entanglement, the question then became, well, he's safe now, but where's the next danger going to come from? Uh, and, and that little guessing game that happens almost throughout the entire book, I thought kind of kept things lively. Because uh, you know when Der Haken shows up and the way you know Garner describes him and his personality, you know you're like, oh, God, how does this guy fit in? And, and um, we find out you know very soon that he is indeed a part of the headhunt. So now – which is – an even bigger problem because now you have police authorities that are part of the headhunt now. So now you, nope, like Bond can't trust anybody, like including Nanny and Suki. So you know, I kind of liked how Garner played off of, um, I guess, the the increasing sense of paranoia, uh, which which maybe he hadn't done very much in the previous books, uh, or not enough of. I felt I felt that. That sense of paranoia was heightened appropriately for Nobody Lives Forever, and, and uh, just another reason why, why I think it's uh, the best James Bond book, uh, you know, ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the the the. Uh, that's not a hotel room. Where does Der Haken take him? To like a condo or something like that, an apartment room or something it's like that. It's an apartment that he doesn't own, if I remember. Mm. I some safe house or something but this mm. is where uh well bond get gets put in his room alone the girl get the girl gets stripped put in their own room and eventually bond has like a q branch pocket knife mm. and manages to uh open the door and he escapes and when he escapes or well, the window the window the window when he escapes, he uh, well, he, he notices. Well, he, he doesn't notice. All all the cops got slaughtered, and the the racken is uh, which means hook is actually mm-hmm. himself hooked and hanged from from uh, from. I think it's from a window or I don't. Remember. Yeah, yeah. Der Haken got Das Hook stuck up his uh, jawline, I think. It goes into his... Oh, right, no, the, the, the extension of the hook is coming out of his eyeball, it's which is really gross. It's pretty disgusting. Um, they wouldn't have put that in a movie, but it's for a book. No, they, they wouldn't have. Uh, and, and this is another thing about Garner... Uh, He's a lot more graphic, than, I mean, unless I'm misremembering the Flemings. Like F- Fleming would give very juicy deaths to characters, but he wouldn't. This almost feels like, well, how can I make people vomit? Oh, I don't it, know. I'll it, make it, the hook it, of his eyeball. Like, he's right. gore is gorier than, than than Fleming. He kills as many people. He's just as brutal as Fleming, but it's a, you're gonna bleed. Uh, and you know, it's it. Guardian and Stardust. I I think you can. Go back to uh, oh Kingsley Amos. Kingsley Amos with Car- Colonel Stone. I was talking actually. I don't remember to whom I was talking, or talking about my brother. Uh, yeah, I was talking to my 
because uh, my my brother had multiple problems when he with the with his ears uh, when he was a child and he had his uh, eardrums pierced and mm-hmm. like, it, apparently it's like it, my my dad my dad was retelling the story and how painful and all in pain my my brother was at the time and I told him you know they they only like like pain nerves in 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 your eardrum so. That's basically torture, and I told him the story of Colonel Sonic. Why are you telling me this? Yeah. Yeah. No point taken. It's uh, no. That's a good point. This is not the first time we have a a Bond author really taking it to the next level as far as grotesqueness and the gore factor of a scene. But Gardner certainly does it regularly in his books, and and yeah, no, the, the 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 discovery of of Austin's body is, is, is quite something. And it's a funny way to end the chapter too. It's very quiet, but somebody's playing a jazz saxophone in the background. Uh, it's just one of those weird little touches that, that Garner, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, this one just vibe with me. It's, it's a, it's a weird one. It's a weird one, but this one did vibe with me. And uh, so what happens after, what happens after that? He finds, so he finds Suki and his nanny. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, and oh, uh, yeah, he finds he finds them. Uh, hold on. Oh, they're, they're waiting for orders. They're waiting for the the police show up. The police yeah. show up, and they're waiting for orders. And they get the phone call, and somebody on the other end is uh, telling them to go to. It's Doctor <laughs> Kirstum from the yes. uh, the clinic, the, the Mozart clinic where May was uh, uh, recuperating. And he's getting right. orders from somebody of what to do for for what Bond is supposed to do, and he sends them to. And I wrote it down. Apparently, it's still a thing. The Goldener I Ersch uh, in Salzburg. It's a hotel. Apparently, it's still like very fancy, fancy hotel even to this day. And that's where Bond uh, and the girls uh, uh, go. And this is where Bond <laughs> takes a shower. And well, we should maybe also point out that Kirkham, Kirkham, Kirsham, Kirkham, whatever is it, Kirsham, Kirsham, Christian is uh, getting some treatment himself uh, while he's on the phone. He's he's a very nervous personality because he's held under hostage in a sense by by specter goons, and they're um, they're attaching. What do you call that technique when you uh, have the pincers and you attach it to something, anything? And you uh, uh, send electricity. Electrical, uh, electrical stimulation. Yeah, I know. Well, certainly if he had a little itch down there, it's <laughs> that itch. I don't. It's gonna, it's gonna take care of it for for, yeah. for a while. Yeah. I think the those two things down there might be unfortunately taken care of as well by the time that's done. <laughs> well, well oh, there's, done. there's one thing we also didn't mention. Uh, well, it was mentioned in, in your plot synopsis, but we haven't talked about it. Is the fact that Money Penny is kidnapped too, not just May. For Money to me, for for Money Penny to be kidnapped, well, she had to be with May. Again, another one of those weird Gardner isms. Like, why is Money Penny? Does she know who May is? Has Bond talked? Presumably, he's mentioned May, but that would be like. Um, that would be like, uh, like you, you have a brother, you have a sister, you have a nephew, and you, you know, in, in our private conversations, you mention them sometimes. And that would be like, I go on a trip, and it happens that your, your, your brother or your sister's 
you know, staying at the same hotel. And I was like, you know, I'll just check on him to see, like, wait, why would I do that? <laughs> I don't know your brother or your sister. I just know you have one. It's like, I feel like it's like, why is Money Penny checking up on me? <laughs> Does she know who this is? It's weird. I mean, it, it feels like it might. And, you know, I, I was thinking because I started noticing that he uh, as a the further the adventures goes along. Uh, Gar doesn't necessarily always refer back to the following material. Material he, he starts referencing his own material, so he brings back Spectre from one book. Uh, there, there's uh, the, the, the constant main mention of uh, Cutie. Uh, mm. I was like, maybe he, he could have switched uh, May for Cutie because uh, Cutie he actually dated for a while, from what I understand. Yeah, they're sort of on and off lovers. So I would have made a little. Uh, Tiny little bit more sense for Cutie to check on uh, me because you know they probably all ate breakfast together at some point. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Um, oh, that'd be interesting. Although we don't really know, is it Cutie or Cute? I always read it as Cute. Maybe it's Cutie. I don't know. I think either works, frankly. I think that's the point of the character. She's like, sure, cute, cutie. Um, I wonder if they'd get along. I wonder if they'd get along. I would like to see, you know what? I think Bond should invite May over to Cutie's home and show her that um, holographic uh, dan- disco thing. With the sex bed, right? <laughs> yes, with the sex bed. What do you think of this? May, tell me what you think of this. Do you think, do you think uh, my house could use this? James, Sir James, As I can I say that's not for me. It's not for gonna, me to say. We haven't done the uh, the Archer detour, but man, this book, like with not that much work, could easily be transformed into uh, a, a either a big episode of Archer or a few episodes of Archers. Oh really? Oh, okay. There's some moments I'm like, this is. This is like those two characters, like Kissy, uh, not Kissy, uh, Suki and uh, oh, the, the Nanny. They could, there's a, they could be swapped for for those who, um, who watch uh, Pam and uh, what's the other one that always changed their name uh, from Archer. They could easily be swapped for for those two characters. They're just this, these annoying characters. Um, yeah. Uh, now we get to a. A part of the book that I actually enjoy because Bond gets the orders to go to uh, the Golden Urch Hotel in Salzburg, and mm-hmm. this is probably my not my favorite part of the book, but one that I I love Bond fighting like nature. Mm, yeah, it, which <laughs> here, which he did he did in the Flemings like the centipede and the octopus and uh, uh, barracuda. The, the Barracuda, yeah, I was saying, uh, and I think there's another one we're missing from. Uh, uh, oh, he massaged a cow. Uh. <laughs> okay, I don't think this is one. Uh, oh, he, he fought uh, a gorilla in the um, the autobiography. Yeah, that yeah, that's true. I remember that. That was a weird scene in that book. <laughs> I didn't, don't understand why that's in that book, but. Uh, Okay, yeah. So here we go again. We have a a, a bat that. Uh, yeah. This is kind of classic. This is this classic is a, Bond. This is a a huge freaking bat. Mm. Uh, 
and it's it feels like it belongs in a horror movie. This is like I I was reading this. I'm like, how would you shoot something like that in 1986? Because this book was released uh, published in '86. I'm like, why? Oh, how would you shoot? Like I'm I'm always going from uh for the cinematic per like a version of uh I'm mm-hmm. like that that would have been a nightmare. But it's it's pretty, animatronic. It would have looked like crap. So. Not necessarily. Isn't isn't there a, a bat gremlin in Gremlins 2? And it looks cartoonish. It doesn't. It, if you're looking for cartoon, yeah, they, they could have made a very uh, cartoonish. But if you want some semblance of realism, uh, you would have to wait till CGI for a, a decent looking bat. I think it's Batman Returns. Yeah, it actually uses CGI bats. Uh, oh, remember. I know. Just uh, what 1986? Yeah. Get uh, Michael Keaton. Put him in the bat suit. (laughs) (laughs) Done. I'm a bat. Who's a man? I'm Batman. Uh, (laughs) So I came up with a name. I'm a man. And I have this bat costume. I need to get clever here. Sir, the red light, the the red telephone is ringing. Oh, shit, I have no time for this. Uh, I'll just go by Batman. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I like this scene as well. It, it, there are fle- Fleming reverberations in this, uh, like the Doctor No centipede uh, yeah. or spider scene, if you've seen the movie. Uh, no, definitely Fleming rever- reverberations, but much more intense this time. I mean, this thing is vicious. This this thing is out for blood. Oh, this uh, quite literally. And it's Bun for some reason suspects that it's infected, and by the end of the story, it turns out that it was. But you know, he uses his baton and just goes to town on it. Bang, 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 and just yeah. Now, were were you hearing um, with every hit of yeah? (laughs) I was hearing them in my head. (laughs) You know, I'm cutting that sound right there. Absolutely, you gotta, you gotta. Where you were hearing? I absolutely was hearing that. No kidding. It's the only thing I could hear. I what I also appreciated was how uh, Garner took a, a few paragraphs to deal with the aftermath of that. There's a freaking bat that's torn to shreds in his bathroom. In a five-star hotel, you don't just like, you don't just check out. <laughs> no, you have to have, take care of this. Uh, <laughs> no, he could have checked out. No, he takes his precautions. Uh, I think he uses gloves and he picks up the pieces. Bond, you know what? I was reading that. I was reading those paragraphs, and you know what came to mind? Bond would be very well equipped to handle COVID nineteen uh, confinement. He'd be very, very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> if you can handle a, if you can handle a, a, a rabies infected, mutated bat that's been blown to bits with a baton, you can handle COVID nineteen isolation. <laughs> Uh, and this is around the part where we learned that Peter, uh, Steve Queen, I was calling Peter Queen, but it's Steve Queen, uh, is actually a traitor. Like he, uh, he actually, he's actually working for the Russians now. Uh, yeah. Why? Well, the thing is, what happens here is uh, Bond gets the next phone call, and I think they're supposed to go to Paris. 
Uh, now, they never make it to Paris. Uh, Bond calls in uh, his nanny and Suki and say, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to leave in the wee hours of the morning. They th- they probably think we're going to head to Paris uh, at, a, at a normal human being time, like regular morning hours. We'll get we'll, we'll try to get the heads up on him and we'll leave it around midnight. Uh, I'll call you. And what he does is during that time, he actually decides to go just outside of Salzburg to the clinic where May is being held. And he sneaks in. It's sneaky bond time. And when he peers into the window where Dr. Uh, Ketchup is, what's his name? Kirchum? Kirchum. Uh, that's where he sees, to his surprise, um, that uh, Anthony, not Anthony Quinn. What is wrong with me? Uh, Kevin Quinn is. And, and well, Kevin and Ketchup are working together, so. <laughs> 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 it's uh, Steve. It's Steve. Steve, Steve Irwin and and uh, and the doctor are working together. Doctor, and Doctor Who. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so another plot twist, a, a double plot twist. Although the, the plot twist about the doctor doesn't happen until later, though. Oh yeah, no. But he does hear something that, like later on, turns out to be. Like the proper thing. I don't remember. Like I know he says, "Oh, I," and Bunce thought that the guy said something that makes that later on when the reveal is made that Doctor is actually also uh, working for for Smirsh or whatever its name, the KGB. It was into that earlier in that part. I don't remember mm-hmm. what he hears, but basically this is where the uh, the reveal is made. And Kirchum at, at first uh, seems to be on uh, up and up, and th- uh, now this is where like I know there's something with the codes and the transmission, but I don't I don't remember all of it honestly. The the the, the audiobook, I like I said I ru- I rushed through it. Some things I I might, but there's something about I think he forces him to enter a code, but the and the doctor. Comes, uh-huh. Yeah, well, the thing is, I think Spectre's people call in a couple times per day just to make sure that everything is is in good order, and and uh, Kevin Conroy is the one <laughs> takes the takes the calls, so he forces uh, Quinn to to take that to take that call and to to I don't remember anything about a code. But so they, they, they use code words, so you know, is they. Oh yes, 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 yes. They do, they do. I don't remember what the code words are though. But uh, and then the good doctor uh, injects juices uh, him up well, with water, I guess. That 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 problem solved. <laughs> and we'll uh, never see Quinn or the doctor ever again in this story. They're gone. Good. Forget good. about him. Forget about it. So what happens next? Oh, yeah, they go to the airport, I think, right? Yeah, they go to the airport, and um, Bond hears uh, he's being asked for the front desk under his assumed name because he saw, he's now called Mr. Boldman. Um, and, he, uh, well, turns out that uh, the, the good doctor and, and, and uh, uh, Steve, Steve Irwin uh, are there and capture him. And, mm, yeah. And this is a... <laughs> They smuggle him to to America, basically. Yeah, to a uh, you know I know since we've started talking about um, the Garner books, we've picked up the fact that 
Garner comes up with certain little ideas, and lo and behold, a year or two later, one of the movies does that. Well, yeah. we go to we go to the we go to Key West <laughs> at this point I, in the book. <laughs> I, I when I like, read them, like, oh, we're in License to Kill, and this book came out three years before. Like, License stop to it. Kill. Stop Seven it. Years, man. So, and they say License that, renewed. Yeah. License renewed. Horse racing. Uh, nobody lives forever. Blimp. This Key West. It's like alright, alright. <laughs> it's like we, we're we're in on the gag now. We know what's going on. It's like so. See, Garner is good for something. He feeds the producers with ideas. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good stuff to be mined in these books. Yeah, they are. And sometimes like the I I actually don't mind the title this time. Like of all of the um, the Garner titles, I think this is one of the uh, mm. the better ones because you had license renewed for special services, Icebreaker, <laughs> okay, Roll of Honor. Eh. But uh, so I I like the title. Uh, but you know we are. Th- this is where I I feel I, I like the conclusion of this book actually. So do I. So do I. It's very cool. Yeah, I, I, I like that it's this. not rushed. It's not rushed. We spend some time in Key West. We spend some time at the hotel. They sort of uh, bond. Uh, well, actually, what is it? Bond. Uh, well, Bond needs to be saved first. Yeah, he's he's. They're uh, they're bringing uh, Steve Irwin and uh, Ketchup. The Kaufman. <laughs> Kaufman. Yeah. Are, are, are they're in a boat? They're smuggling them to. Uh, Specters. It's not Spectre Island. It's Shark Island, and they're mm. uh, they're smuggling uh, the bond there. Uh, they're stopped by another boat, and I think Quinn tells Bond like, sh- sh- "Shut the f up, or we're gonna take care of this." And Bond hears ba 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 ba, and the girls come on 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 the boat, and it's very loud music. Ba 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 ba. Uh, Kirch, Kirchman and uh, and Quinn uh, were are are dead now. Uh, mm-hmm. They blow up the boat. They escape, and after the following day, Bond buys new clothes, uh, and he's trying to look like a tourist, but not too tourist. He buys a pair, mm-hmm. like a jeans. I think a t-shirt with. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't like Florida that much, from what I understand. He says he's commenting on the t-shirts and the stupid slogans that people have on their mm-hmm. t-shirts. Thought it was, uh... <laughs> now, let me ask you this. What do you make, because I'm undecided. I'm not sure how to interpret it. What do you make of the scene where Bond goes to the equipment shop to buy his, his scuba diving gear or his snorkeling gear, whatever the hell? And so the guy prepares it. And then when he wants to, the, 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 the seller needs to make a call to check the credit card or something or whatever. And Bond goes like... You've never seen me. If you ever mention me, I'm going to kill you. Or something to that effect. It's like, wait, what? Who? What is this? What's happening? I'll be honest. I don't remember that part at all. Like, I, <laughs> it, Maybe could be, thinks... it, it could be interpreted. Like, you're, you're retelling me that. I don't remember it. But it could be like, remember, you've never seen me. Maybe Imagine he's... Roger Moore playing that scene. Roger Moore would play it uh, as a joke, and then serious at the end. It's like, and the person would be like confused and sort of like, "I'm gonna." Uh, that man is was 
fun but intimidating at the same time, I'm gonna stay quiet. I mm. obviously Timothy Dalton would have went. You've never seen me. You would have played the angry version, and Pierce Brosnan would have been the. Uh, uh, the sort of. You've never seen me. Bond, yeah. James Bond. And Daniel Craig would have been like automat, like a robot. You have never seen me. I have no emotion. Aww. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't remember that scene. Fair enough. I, it just it just stuck out like a sore thumb. I, I couldn't figure out why is he talking down to this store owner. I, for a moment, I thought maybe it was because he might think the guy is in on the headhunt since everybody seems to be in on the headhunt. But I, I was I whatevs moving on moving on um so him and and uh, nanny uh, eventually they bang uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah they plan on going down tonight so they they, they plan on invading shark island and invading shark island yeah. <laughs> it's like three against 50 <laughs> I know they sneak in. I don't remember the details, but Bond is in the room mm. where Damil Rahani is on like a respirator. Almost. Oh, I, I like that a lot. There's, there's a shark. Uh, well, they, actually, he fights two animals in this one. He had to fight the bat and he has to fight a shark. It's called Shark Island after all. So there's a... I think he oh, bumps so into he, a shark. Oh, it's true. I, I remember now. He goes and he sort of at the bottom of the, the water and he's in the mud and he's sort of swimming. I don't remember yeah. how he gets rid of the shark, but he doesn't really get rid of it. He runs out of the water once his uh, legs are touching ground. Once he feels the ground, he gets up and runs runs off, and the shark is just behind him. And just as he's in at a safe distance, the shark like whoosh, opens its jaws. It's its jaws, uh, but Bond escapes in the nick of time. And just in the thank goodness, Bond was fast enough. Otherwise, the book would be uh, book would be done. <laughs> they wouldn't have uh, they would have had half a Bond, not a complete Bond. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, so he makes he infiltrates he uh, makes it sure he uh, gets into the camp compound I guess to Rahani's bedroom and just as he's oh. about to confront him like the lights turn on and uh, who who's there but uh, Nanny it's knows Nanny Nanny knows best with uh, Uzi if I remember correctly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Within well, and and uh, so this is where it's revealed that uh, Nanny has been in on it all along. Surprise, surprise. Trust no one. And you know, it. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. She's the red grant of this story. This is from she, Russia with love, re- rebooted, revamped, reconstituted, reconstituted, uh, whatever. But it, there's like. I think that was the intention of the uh, the author. It, it's hmm. there's a little bit of uh, the born identity mixed with a lot of uh, from Marsha with love, the road trip aspect of the entire uh, story. Hmm. That's pretty good. Uh, no, I didn't even think about it. I, I did not see her as as uh, a rebooted Red Grant, but that would work. That would actually work. Yeah, that's probably not a bad not a bad uh, notion right there. Good thinking. Good and, thinking, Matt. Oh yeah, no. He drills this red grant. Like you have no idea. That that's something they could do for, for a movie, like a a female red grant that Bond actually uh, bangs. 
Yeah, well, you you kind of you sort of have to figure that something's up when because at the time he he beds uh, Nanny. That's just after they saved their they, uh, Nanny and Suki saved his life on their boat. So he joins their boat, of course. And Suki's just like on the deck steering or whatever. I'm like, this is kind of this is a bit of a weird thing to do. Something's going on here. Like something's not right because it, it it makes Suki seem so superfluous to everything because i thought uh that suki is the one that he would bed and maybe nanny would like perish trying to save them or something like that so uh but when he bangs nanny which a i didn't think would be the one he banged and b like literally literally under suki she's like just on the deck i'm like no something doesn't smell right here this is a win we got like 30 pages left in this book like something's not right here um, so that was maybe the first little drop, uh, a hint, so to speak, that something else was going to happen. Su- Suki can't be that useless to the plot. She can't be that superfluous that she's not even the one Bond is going to bang. Right? Almost uh, completely superfluous, but uh, yeah. Well, almost at the end. Get a good now. shack. <laughs> almost at the end. Uh, so yeah, she, she, Suki's there. There uh, for what I, I don't remember now. They, because it's been a while then, uh, since I listened to the audiobook, might have to help me there. Um, now they they do capture Bond, but I don't put him on the guillotine yet. They uh, they offer him a last meal, if I remember correctly. Well, they uh, uh, not Suki. His nanny uh, takes him to his room, uh, which is a little cell block. Uh, which is ad- adjacent to the guillotine room, where there's going to be it's going to be sort of like a spectacle. There, 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 a spec, a, a a spectacle. There are chairs set up, and Tamil Rahani will be there. There are people that actually want to see, for show, uh, you know, James Bond be decapitated. So his nanny takes him to his room, and Bond has like a secret. Uh, I don't remember what the gadget is, but he has something in his trousers that he uses to unlock uh, the door. So he's sort of more sneaky Bond, takes a look around, heads back into the room when people are coming to him. And that's where he requests, you know, uh, in my country, uh, people have a, uh, the opportunity for a last request. What is it? Well, I want uh, I want to nail you again. And I, I want a good brandy and a good Bollinger. No, but he has, well, I think he has eggs and champagne, maybe, or something like that. I can't something remember. Something like that. And what happens after that? So they bring Tamil Rahani in. Tamil Rahani is asleep. They bring him on his, his, his stretcher. And that's when Bond once again unlocks the door to his room and plants like a fuse. He also had a fuse. He had a fuse in his pants. I, I think it's his pocket knife that has like a bunch of uh, things to unlock doors. And there's a small explosive in the uh, pocket knife. Bond always has a party in his pants. Like he's always ready for anything. <laughs> and he puts, uh, yeah, I remember that. He, that's how Rohani gets, uh, he gets blown up. Mm-hmm. Fireworks time, and then all hell breaks loose in in the guillotine room. Yeah, uh, the uh, it, it's not the I was gonna say the royal guard. No, it's the the coast guard comes in and and. and sh- yeah. In the confusion, Bond and and uh, you know it's uh, what's her name, Nanny tries to grab Bond, but she sort of, 
I, I don't know how she does it, but she. Or, that's stupid. Like that's, it's a great result, but it's like why why would you do that? But it's cool. But it's stupid. Oh but yeah. Not cool. Yeah, uh, I know. Basically, she tries and grabs to grab bomb, but she jumps over the guillotine and whoop, she uh, well, she can have a, a, a she can make a great sausage costume now. So she has new arms, new arms. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that in a movie. I'd love to see that in a Bond movie. That I'll would be kind of cool. I'll, we'll mm. never see that because that's too too bloody violent. Mm. But that'd be great. Hey, we did see uh, Luke, uh, what's his name? Luke Skywalker lose a, a, a hand and Anakin Skywalker lose a hand in the Star Wars movie. Maybe. I'm hoping. That's something we could, uh, they, that's something that they need to use. Maybe not both hands and arms, maybe just one end. But that'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> both arms and, oh, oh, I thought you said legs. I was like, wait, how did she jump? <laughs> both arms and, she jumped. no, nice. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> she becomes, she's not even a sausage. She, she's just a. She's a potato. A potato. <laughs> they call me Potato Finger. Mm. Mm. Mrs. Potato um, Head. Um, so, uh, what are you? Well, we got to rescue Money Penny. We got to rescue May, obviously. Both of them are a little bit surprised by what's going on. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the Coast Guard shows up, and that's all she wrote. And the island blows up, and uh, or, the, or the compound blows. It's not really a compound; it's more just like a luxury, a, an oversized luxury home, sort of. It does. I, I was never under the impression that this thing was twenty stories high and it goes under the water. It feels like it's just like four or five stories high, but very, very sophisticated and yeah. high tech and very modern, with all the gizmos. And some vintage toys like guillotines, uh, and and it, and, it, and it blows up. I think Suki Suki was the one that called the coast. Yeah, Suki, because uh, what was her name? Nanny explains that she drugged Suki, but Suki actually faked being drugged because she noticed uh, Nanny putting something in her coffee. So when Nanny left, Suki got up, called the coast guard, and the coast guard came to Bond's assistance, and. The end, basically. Mm. Well, there's a fun little scene at the last chapter where they're watching the sunset with with May. May's actually enjoying the sunset uh, with them, which is uh, was a nice little twist. And they keep saying that that's the spot where you see the best sunsets in the world. And and there you go. I think May says something. I did like. Um, there's a little line from May that says, "Well, you know, thank you very much. I can't thank you like." Another woman would, but you know, thank you just the same. You know, that was kind of like, yeah, money penny being money penny, I guess. But um, and that's it. Thus ends. Nobody lives forever. Wah, 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 wah. It's, honestly, it, you, talking to you about it, speaking about it, made me appreciate it more than I did the first time because there were there were things like, you know, you, you sent me a text uh, and you had a. a picture you t- took from a i think it's one of the early chapters where they mentioned benson and i was like mm. are we we are doing this again benson that's right i think he's doped up doped up the entire book uh, the entire book yeah he said like because it takes place in what two 72 80 some odd hours 
it's basically like a big weekend. Like he's, <laughs> he doesn't really sleep much during that time. No. It's probably, hey, you gotta I get think, that adrenaline. Right? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to? Do you want to, to do some benzodrine? That, that's speed. <laughs> that's meant. To, that's meth. Basically, Bond is on meth. I have to mention it. I'm like, poof. So, well, would you, would you rather Bond uh, not be on meth and dead, or be on meth <laughs> and still alive? Well, okay, on, on meth. If you're gonna take it, say, all right, I want Bond on meth. I thought so. <laughs> uh, so it's honestly, I won't, I, I won't rate it in the entire uh, Garner canon because we're probably do an episode just on that when this thing is over. I do want a, a break because I want to make sure, not, not to it, you know, this one, the last two I rushed through them. Roll of Honor, I think I got the book, the physical book after after we we actually recorded the episode. I just got this like uh, last week, so I I had started the audio book and I I, I I started doing the companion thing with the physical book because I need both. So um, I want to make sure I can order a bunch next time we pick up the uh, the Gardner series. Uh, I, I'm not. I don't want to skip over and do some Benson or or some of the. I don't want to do carte blanche. Uh, I want to keep doing them in order. But I, I'd love to make sure that when we pick up, I have paid, bought a bunch of physical books so I can uh, listen to the audiobook while I read the book. Um, for what it's worth, uh, I only had two more to buy, and I remember I think we we bought our books at. Or almost at the same time. I don't remember. And my hand haven't come in yet, so I don't have the next book, anyways. And I don't. And I don't do the audiobook thing, so I, I don't have it. <laughs> so we're gonna have to take a break, anyways. We'll we'll think of something. We'll do. We'll think of some reading uh, for for next month. Uh, we, we've good. got a bunch of ideas for detours. I wouldn't be. A, I would be up for a detour, to be honest with you. But we'll we'll discuss. Oh, Tada. Man, I got that text again. Damn, I hate that guy. He has very short-term memory. Uh, seriously, uh, you know, we need to go to his cabin and slap him around and say, Dude, you, you got to stop licking that, that palladium. What's it called? Palladium? Palladium? That, that thallium. Is, thallium. Yeah, you got to stop licking your thallium like a, <laughs> it's a popsicle. It's not good for your health, man. It's going to kill you one of those days. Sam White, he has uh, that, that same question. Do you have people everywhere? You do have people everywhere, wouldn't you agree? For example, www.thejamesbondcomplex.com, which, if you can believe it, is the Shadow Tumblr account. Uh, YouTube, search for the James Bond Complex. Subscribe to our channel and tickle us with the thumbs up button. We've got Twitter at the Bond Complex. Facebook at, the, uh, we're not at, no, you don't need to do the, the ad on Facebook. You just search for the James Bond Complex. Um, Instagram at the James Bond Complex. And uh, we're hosted by Anchor. So that's anchor.fm. Uh, you may listen to us on Spotify, the Google Play Store, Google, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Search for the James Bond Complex, subscribe, review, and uh, leave us a five-star golden, glowing golden gun review. Five-star. Cinco. Cinco pistoleros. Um, I'm on Twitter at double O-pop. That's the word, the words, 
with a Z at the end. Uh, double underscore OH underscore. I'm uh, I'm at I'm on I'm on Twitter at Matt O'Claire, but mostly uh, on the Instagram at the Matt O'Claire 007. Um, yeah. How original. <laughs> Very. And just as James Bond always returns, so too will the James Bond complex with something. And uh, merci, toujours un plaisir. À la prochaine. À la, hasta la próxima. Ciao. Ciao, Bella. Au revoir. When it comes to staying alive, nobody does it better. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on the beer. (laughs) Nobody. Sorry. Oh, and uh, Bond bangs Nanny uh, because. Oh, no, no. Bond bangs his nanny? No, no. Okay. uh, (laughs) And uh, wait, wait. I'll I'll, I'll retake that. (laughs) No, you don't have to. (laughs) No, no, I won't. The better ones, because you had license renewed for special services. Icebreaker. <laughs> okay, roll of honor. Eh. But, uh, yeah, no, the, nobody, nobody loves forever. I think it's the title of a video game, too. Okay. Please keep uh, that in. <laughs> no, I'm not keeping it. <laughs> Make it the stinger at the end. <laughs> <laughs> when I actually trigger the... Uh. the